Hello and welcome to another update episode here on the History of Yugoslav Football Podcast. Um, after the last update episode, which we did um, a couple of weeks ago, solely focusing on uh, Slovenia, uh, this one is going to also do a bit of a solely focusing on, uh, this time, Croatia. Um, so obviously prior to the um, international break, as I said, we did that um, Slovenia episode, um, mainly being able to sort of have a talk about uh, Mura's um, European exploits. I think this time we will start off with talking about uh, European qualifiers of a whole other sense, specifically of the World Cup. Um, and see, we have sort of done the October round of the... Um, World Cup qualifiers for uh, Croatia. There are, uh, you know, I'm recording this on the Tuesday, so there are uh, a few still to go um, for teams, you know, not least Scotland, of course, um, as we uh, find a way to uh, contrive to not reach Qatar. Uh, but um, see, for Croatia, their uh, week finished last night um, with a, a disappointing result uh, to all draw against Slovakia uh, in which I think if we're entirely honest um, you know really they could have put the bed sorry could have put the game to bed in the first half but certainly had the chances um, Kramerich scored uh, but Kramerich also missed <laughs> um, as well and uh, you know eventually you know a two all draw against Slovakia is not the result they need, um, particularly when you combine it with Russia uh, having beaten Slovenia in Maribor uh, as well, courtesy of uh, a quite <laughs> ridiculous goal. Um, let's be quite honest, if you've not watched um, any of the highlights of uh, the Slovenia game, do watch out. The Zhikia goal uh from the corner in the 32nd minute is just an incredible winner. Um, and Jojo Ilicic's goal um, as well. Um, Sovinia's consolation is a fantastic goal. Um, you know, if we're really honest, you know, Croatia are looking set for the playoffs. Um, unless they can beat Russia in split in November, um, you know, they do have to win out. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any question they're going to beat Malta, but uh, Russia is an altogether tougher task to be quite honest I think what we're seeing from Russia is that while they're not a great attacking force um at least from the perspective that you know their actual attackers don't really score many very many goals um you know people have been chipping in from all over the pitch and Croatia haven't yet shown the consistency to suggest that um you know you could reliably bet that they will make the uh, World Cup automatically, uh, rather than they will get there via the playoffs. The playoff reckoning as things stand um, would have Croatia as one of the seeded sides in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, obviously we're talking about this prior to um, prior to there being all that much confirmation. Um, so, you know, do very much take it with a pinch of salt. Plus, I'd also add, if you look at the potential unseeded sides in that, it's Norway, Romania, Albania, Ukraine, Wales, and Austria. Um, Albania, you know, is possibly interchangeable with Poland um, as things stand. Um, 
so yes, the point being, it's going to be a very difficult path uh, if you are going through the playoffs. Plus, you know, the, the playoff um, scenario as it is, uh, when you throw in the Nations League sides, means that you have to win two games. Um, it's not a two-legged game anymore. It is, you know, two straight knockout. And that's going to ramp up the pressure. And I think certainly, you know, it's going to be more difficult to get through the playoffs than it ever has been before. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, they have to beat Russia, really, I think, uh, if they re- want to guarantee themselves uh, any presence in the World Cup. Uh, you know, I, I really do think the uh, playoff scenario doesn't bear thinking about. Um, and, you know, it isn't something you want to you want to leave to chance. If we move then to club football, um, we'll obviously start off with a brief mention of Europe, uh, because there is only one side in Europe. Um, which is Dinamo. And uh, they are in the Europa League uh, after having been knocked out uh, of the Champions League in the playoff by Sheriff Tiraspol, who've gone on to do things. Um, The European campaign's been mixed um, so far. You know, they were really outclassed by West Ham in Zagreb, which is, you know, Quite the regression, given what they did to another London team uh, in Zagreb not that long ago. Um, but then they went and outclassed uh, Henk. Um, you know, won three nil. It could have been more. Um, you know, Ivanovic put them in front quickly, and yeah, they really didn't look back. Um, see, they have the double header against Rapid Vienna to come back from the international break into. Uh, I think really if they're able to get themselves six points from those two games, which is a difficult ask, but I I mean, really, you don't want to be going into the last two games with anything less than seven points at least uh, if they're wanting to harbour real legitimate uh, prospects of getting into the last 16, no, the last 24 of the Europa League. Apologies. Yeah, it's a changed format. Um, so you end up in the last in a 16 before the last 16 um, that isn't the last 16. Um, it'll get nonsense because we get into next year. But um, I think certainly West Ham looks at fair to win that group. Um, and Dinamo and Henk will probably be uh, fighting out for who's going to transfer into the first knockout round of the Europa League or into the first knockout round of the Europa Conference League. It's not confusing at all, is it? Um, when we move to the to league matters, um, I think we will start off by chatting about the very bottom of the league, um, because it's a bit clearer to gauge that. Um, as things stand, Vaskis um, Vagoroliak, uh, sit on five points uh, with Slavin Glupo on six points in ninth. Um, and those two sides already have a four point gap to Istra and Subedic. Uh, I think, you know, if you listen to the preseason preview of this particular podcast, um, you know, Subedic was the side I didn't really hold out that much hope for. Um, 
as it's turned out, they are um, an average side. And this season happens to have an exceptionally poor one in Hvatsky Dragvoljak. Um, if we're talking just quickly about the positives for Stivnik, you know, they've been able to bring Denny Juric back on loan. They've got Antonio Marin, who um, you know, certainly showing more in a way of form than he did uh, in his loan at uh, Lokomotiva uh, last season. Um, yeah, I mean, they are looking, if not a great side, at least a, a decent enough side. Um, and they have a couple of uh, young players, you know, to take up the mantle that's been left by Marco Boulat. Um, I think, you know, certainly for a lot of people, um, keep your eye out for a certain Nico Rack. Um, he is looking quite good, shall we say. Um, but if we talk about Havaski Dragoriak, um, first uh, of all, they made some rather ignominious history in the last game week, uh, specifically losing 8-0, that's eight E I G H T because you do have to spell it when it gets to that sort of number. Eight nil to Dynamo, and while they were, if not competitive, for the first sixty minutes or so, um, they absolutely fell to pieces in uh, the second half of that game. Um, you know, conceding six in the second half. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like it was in bunches. Um, it really was just bang, 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 regular as clockwork every six or seven minutes they were conceding. And uh, it wasn't great goals they were conceding either. Um, you know, once uh, once Dino started to rack up a cricket score, then it really went away from Dragobolek uh, very quickly indeed. You know, we're 11 games in. They've conceded 31 goals. That is... Uh, nine more than anyone else. Um, so you can sort of see what their problem is, uh, is keeping goals out. They have had um, you know, a couple of positive results, but I, I mean, really, I think you know, you'd be really hard-pressed to make much of an argument that they actually stay up. Um, you, know, you can certainly make an argument that Savin Bulupo will stay up because for them to only have six points from 11 games, is a bit weird, really. Um, you know, I think when you look at the positives um, that I think we thought they had pre-season, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, one of the least better midfielders in Nemanja Glavcic, you have reliable goals in Ivan Kostanovic, you have really good little striking signing in Nedim Hadzic, you have a really good young player in Lovros Ronerek, and then for some reason, they've just really not done well. Um, I don't think there's too much reason for it. I think there's been a bit of a, a disruption. There is a lack of depth in the side. You know, they're not out and out bad. Um, you know, they've not really... Um, the, the losses that they've had have generally been, uh, you know, aside from Dinamo, pretty close. Um but yeah, it's been quite a hard one to make sense of for them. But you, they're Slavin Bulupo. They professionally finished seventh in this league. And you've got to expect that there will be a revival coming around the corner pretty quickly. Um, Istra um, are 
an interesting prospect this season. Um, I really enjoyed uh, watching certain parts of them. Um, now, they finished last season very well. Um, well, very well for Istra. Uh, you know, I think they had some very good signings, you know, not least Tanchihara, uh, Hassan Bande, um, who you know, really um, defied his injury record to be a very good player as the season went on. Um, they have uh, had positive results. Um, you know, they've beaten Hatsky-Jaborek both times they faced them. Um, they beat Osiek, uh, surprisingly. They have pretty much lost everything else, um, but they've been competitive in that. Uh, not least the absolutely mad game they had uh, just before the international break, a 6-3 uh, defeat against Rijeka, where, you know, everything was just going in for everyone uh, in that particular uh, edition of the Uchidabi. Um Again, they have some nice signings that um, will bed in. I think they probably are maybe missing someone just to put goals away, which is quite weird given what I'm about to say. Um, you know, in, if you're looking at the positives, I think Abdullahi Mahmoud, um, who's come in uh, from Alaves, is has looked a very good player. Um, he's not necessarily consistently been used, so I don't know if there's maybe a fitness issue there with him. But, um, you know, what I've seen of him has been very positive. Um, obviously, they still have Hassan Mbande. Um, and they brought in, uh, of course, Dion Drena Berio uh, from Osiek, who has taken a, took a couple of games to get up to speed, but is looking better and better and participating more and more in the phases of the play you want him to be participating in. Uh, you know, he's a very, very promising young striker. Um, and... You know, I think Istra are probably one of those sides which will only get better as the season goes on. They'll certainly hope so. Um, you know, because I don't think um, eighth is their ceiling. Uh, I think they are, you know, on paper a better side than Sivinikar. Um, They might be on paper a better side than a, possibly Lokomotiva above them, um, who we will obviously hop on to now. Um Lokomotiva had, you know, really came out of the traps firing. Um, you know, really good first few results to their season. You know, drawing against Hajduk, um, beating Seven, beating Vasco Dragovoljak. You know, as things have probably shown, you know, they probably have a slightly kinder um, open to the season than many have had. Um, but... Uh, at the end of the day, you've got to take advantage of those results, and they most certainly did. Uh, I think they'll possibly be disappointed with a couple of the results they've had uh, in terms of actually them trying to capitalise on that start. Uh, you know, losing away to Sibinik, um, losing to Gorica. Um, you know, I think there's, there's more to come from them, um, certainly. And I think what we've seen from them is... You know, very typically, a really positive um, side. You know, Marco Dabro uh, has taken to the league. He is, you know, looking equally dangerous as he uh, as he did in the uh, second league last season when he just scored for fun. Uh, I think we're seeing really positive um, progressions from Lucas Cashvenda, um, from Ibrahim Mario, um, from Enes Choka. Uh, also, um, and you know, for fans of custom football, 
Um, also, you know, the cameo appearances we've had from Albert Hocha, uh, you know, I think that's, he's surprised me uh, a bit in terms of how quickly he's taken to uh, the high NL. Um, because, you know, certainly um, the guys who haven't uh, taken to it, you know, we talk a lot about the um, sort of Albanian and Kosovar uh, pathway, uh, you particularly when you're talking about um, Lokomotiva, who uh, you know, exploited very well indeed. Um, Hosha looks to be one of the more successful ones uh, coming through that. Um, you know, certainly if you compare to guys like um, Michelle Alabishi, who came in last season. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a bit of a hinterland between um, the top five and the rest of the league. Because obviously the top five, we start off with Goricha. And if we start off with Goricha, then we have to mention a certain Mr. K. Loverich, who you know, is ultimately central to everything the club do. But wait a minute, perhaps this season is the one where we can argue maybe not so much. Because, you know, where last season we had... Um, Dario Spikic, uh, you know, come through and make great uh, input later in the season um, prior to his move to Dinamo. Uh, this season, we are having the rise and uh, the irrepressible rise of Tony Fuch, who is coming on loan from Fiorentina and, you know, over the past two, three games has just absolutely ripped the league up. You know, he's scoring some fantastic goals. Um, you know, performing some fantastic actions in general. Um, and, you know, while Lovrich is all, obviously in just the sheer volume in which he scores is going to make him, a, you know, a, an important player. Uh, Frook looks up to that standard as well. And, you know, then perhaps not uh, as close to the top four as they were this time last season. <laughs> Um, I think that's simply just in terms of the form of Loverich, maybe the form of a couple of other players, um, in terms of having someone up front. Um, you know, I think Fran Brodich hasn't necessarily hit the ground running, um, and uh, Lavar Di uh, as well. You know, they probably haven't had the forward line contributions that they've needed um, so far, and they are, um, you know. They are porous. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, you know, when you compare their sort of goal scoring record to Hyde up directly above them, it is equal. But they've conceded it, you know, almost double the goals, um, which is going to be a, a problem for any side. Um, I think they're going to get stuck again, a bit like Lokomotiva in that hinterland, unless they can really tighten up. Um, they have the players to do it. You know, I don't really think there's too much doubt about that. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are very, very high um, on Ivan Banic in goals. Um, it's obviously what's in front of him that's the issue. Um, you know, again, the what is it's quite odd because there wasn't really that much turnover in front of him <laughs> um, this season. Uh, and you know, Chris Banic is a great player. Um, I think there is just some sort of defensive progression there for whatever reason. We'll probably point that finger at uh, Rendulic uh, as manager. Um, but yes, I mean, they are certainly a little way off the top four. Now, there's no real shame in that because the top four are pretty much equal. Um, you know, you have 
Uh, Hajduk, 10 games played, 20 points. Osijek, 11 games played, 21. Dinamo, 9 played, 22. Rijeka, top in the table, 10 played, 23 points. So let's start off from the going bottom up again uh, for those little four. And we obviously start with Hajduk. I think Hajduk are in a bit of an interesting position because I don't feel like there's too many fans in Torcida uh, for Jens Gustafsson. Uh, in the managerial role. Um, but at the same time, they just seem to be backing him and backing him. And um, you see players coming in and you're thinking, oh, oh, okay, I'm very impressed with your business. Um, you know, they didn't get off to a great start to the season, uh, drawing against Lokomotiva, losing against Osijek, and obviously did lose uh, to Rijeka. Both those defeats, uh, you know, at Polygon. Um, but, you know, they seem to have just sort of rectified everything in every other game. Whether or not they've what it takes to win the big games they need to. Um, you know, yeah, they've shown themselves to be better than Garicha, uh winning 3-1 uh, away. But, you know, you've got to beat Adinamo, you've got to beat Nostiek, you've got to beat Arieka if you're going to win this title. And they've not done that yet. But it was obviously mentioned them being handsomely backed. Um you know, let's just quickly go down that list of players who've come in. You know, obviously the guys who came in pre-season, Josip Belez, uh, Jan Lakar, Gergo Lorencic, um, who's done very well, um, Lovrik Kalinic coming back, then just after the season start bringing in Filip Kravinovic, then bringing on Nikola Katic, bringing back uh, Marco Ezio Fosati, and then, you know, just in the middle of September, they bring in uh, a national team goalkeeper in Daniel Subasic and a national team defensive player in Dario Melniak. Um, which is just wild. Um, you know, there seems to be a pot of money that has been found somewhere in Split that is being used um, to fund uh, <laughs> a, a spree that's very impressive on paper. Um not necessarily sure it would be as impressive on the pitch. Um, I mean, for one, if you're talking about bringing in Subasic, well, you've got to remember you have a national team goalkeeper in Lovrik Kalinic already there. And, you know, a guy who was a very good goalkeeper in Josip Bosovic there as well, who's now your third choice. Um, you have, um, I think, an issue which is up front in terms of backup to Livia. That hasn't necessarily been rectified. You know, you're talking about the player brought in to sort that is Yamlaka, who, um, you know, I, th- I think my opinion on Yamlaka is pretty well known. Um, you know, it, it isn't all that positive. Um, I think, you know, in midfield, there is still a bit of a, maybe a bit of a soft middle there. We'll see. I mean, Hajduk have been back to the point where you think they need to win something this season. Um, or at least come very, very close to it. Um, I think if Gustafsson's going to uh, succeed, he needs to be, be getting second at best, at least this season. And that's going to be a very difficult thing to do because, um, you know, <laughs> we know the competition that this, this league has. Um, obviously move up a position to Osijek, who have you know, arguably been pretty disappointing this season. Um in, in certain areas, you know, I don't think um, Ramon Mieres has looked anything like as uh, ruthless 
as he did last term. Um, but at the same time, you know, being able to correct that a little bit because Milin Daku um, has uh, come into the side and has, uh, you know, brought some of his Balkani form to uh, <laughs> to Slavonia and uh, has been scoring in bunches. You know, he he brought them back into it against Gorica. Um, you know, he, he he's done things, uh, as we say, uh, north of the border. Um, but goals have been at a premium. Now, goals were at a premium last season as well. Um, but, you know, you could rely on Mirez to score, um, which he's not really done so much of this season so far, unfortunately, for Osijek. You know, we're talking about uh, us being 11 games into their season, and he scored a grand total of uh, three, which it isn't the return. Sorry. Uh, he scored two, not three. I've given him too much credit. Um, it, it isn't the return uh, that you need from your starting striker, you know, if you're coming home with one in five. Um, particularly when your style of play is so reliant on that one striker performing um, and, uh, you know, putting in, uh, a, a, not just putting in a shift, but also uh, putting it in the back of the net. Um, they, in addition, probably haven't been as solid. Um, you know, I think you're talking about them losing to Istria. They wouldn't have done that last season. Um, certainly not 2-0 anyway. You're talking about losing 2-0 to Dinamo and Dinamo putting their best performance of the season against them. Um, you know, Ostiak looked miles off them that night. They haven't hit the standards of last season by any means yet. Um, we will certainly see how they go. I think, you know, some of the points they've dropped have been silly points, but at the same time, you know, they beat Rijeka, um, you know, they've drawn against Heiduk, you know, then again, they're not bad results, then they're just not results that are going to win your titles. Um, so similar to the situation that Gustafsson's in, uh, Bielicu is in similar, you know, I think there's the expectation there justifiably from the squad that they will go on and do something this season, but there hasn't yet been the results to back it up. I think the difference between the two sides is with Osijek, we know they have extra gears um, that they can kick into and, you know, potentially, you know, really make that challenge. You know, but they certainly did it last season. Um, with Hyder, we don't yet know whether they've got that um, that pedigree, shall we say. Now, I'm aware uh, I'm running out of time a little bit because... Um, Anchor has a 30-minute time limit if you're recording from browser, which I'm doing. So we've got to very quickly talk about Dinamo. We've got to very quickly talk about Rijeka. So let's very quickly talk about Dinamo. Um, lost the first game of the season against Slavin Belupo because, <laughs> because obviously. And then sliding doors moment of both their seasons, obviously. Slavin have gone on to get six point, sorry, three points from the rest of the season. Dinamo have gone on to win all but one game, which was a three-all draw against Rijeka, which was... Uh, if you watch that game, just an absolutely nuts game. Um, they haven't really played the big sides, um, Dino, so it's quite hard to know how exposed they are. Um, you know, you're really judging their big results off their European form, and if you're judging their big results off their European form, it's probably not overly positive uh, a judgment that you're going to come out with. When it comes to Rijeka, you know, obviously we know, as just mentioned, they drew uh, against Dino in a crazy game. They lost to uh, Osijek. But, you know, they've beaten Rijeka, sorry, they've beaten Rijeka, they've beaten Hajduk, they've beaten Garic twice, you know, they've, you know, steamrolled 
um, a couple of pool sides. Um, you know, they are a delightfully entertaining side. Um, you know, there are a couple of silly points they've dropped, you know, not least drawing against Fatsky Dragovoliak, um, which I think is more impressive than beating them um, at, at the minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are entertainers. Uh, I think that's one really real positive we can certainly say about them. Um, you know, they have scored 25, you know, that is the most in the league, but conceded 15, which, you know, is the most um, <laughs> out of that top four. Uh, by a distance so you know it, it's been really enjoyable uh watching them they have uh Josip Dimic, who just scores goals for fun uh Arasisa, who scores very good goals for fun um Prince Ampem you know who's taken his effectiveness from Dimic last season just transplanted it straight away you have Harris Vukic who hasn't really shone yet but you know I think we certainly know he can they've got players who have a bit more to bring to the, to the table uh, from an attacking sense. They just need to tighten up at the back. And if they can tighten up at the back, they will uh, challenge deep into this season. There is absolutely no doubt about that. So uh, thank you very much for listening to this. Um, it was nearly just mentioned that uh, there are games this coming weekend, if you do want to watch them. Uh, just a small matter of Rijeka versus Dinamo. That might be a cracker. It was last time. I think it might be again. Um, we'll probably do another country-specific episode um, at some point in the future. Uh, I think it's a bit of an easier format at the minute for me. But it only leaves me to say thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Um, and I will catch you next time. <laughs>